Welcome to Probing Ancient Aliens. Science and sci-fi obsessed nerds, Steve and Joey, are exploring each episode of everyone's favorite show about ancient astronaut theory, as well as, as, well as the lovable, quirky researchers who evangelize it. Today we are probing into... Season 12, Episode 5, The Pharaoh's Curse. Pyramids, <laughs> sand, and camels. <laughs> and camels. Yes, Egyptian vampires are the scariest. <laughs> do you know this? Do you know this? Hey. Excuse hey, me. Do you know this? <laughs> What's you 12? seen this before? <laughs> <laughs> What's 12 inches to Steve? What the hell is this shit? <laughs> uh, yeah, that... That intro was sponsored by Steve tonight. Yeah, <laughs> sponsored he, uh, by Beer There Drunk That. Yeah, <laughs> he, Beer There Drunk That uh, up their patronage to the Probing Ancient Aliens Patreon. <laughs> yeah, where they get to say one sort of uh, intro every show. Yeah, because there's only one intro show. Right. We we just pretty much do the full amount, so it's just this this we just negate all the money we make every month. Um, yeah, and from one podcast to another. So yeah, we just uh, want more taxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And all the all the patrons on there are just fake um, little yeah. alternate personas you can create exactly uh, in Patreon. So yeah, the uh, whole ploy was to get you know show that we had patrons. People gave a shit, and then maybe that would entice some people to come on in. And, exactly, uh, it's kind of backfiring. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what the law of averages is. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if uh, if we sound a little weird, and because Steve did uh, the intro today, it's because we're doing our first remotely recorded episode. Uh, because of COVID-19, you ask? No, we've been recording right next to each <laughs> other at Steve's house for the last we few months. We are battling the virus together, uh, my friend. Because we just have dealt with it, and we kiss every time and make sure and yeah. test ourselves. Um, yeah, we go over tips. to... We go. We drive up to uh, the Valley to go to Joe Rogan's studio because apparently he tests every guest that walk in, walks in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has all the tests, which is cool. So we just go yeah. there every time, say hi to Joe, hang out with him, uh, run from his security... After stealing yeah. some tests, and then we drive back to record. Yeah. So we show a little skin, get them distracted, right? Uh, and then do our little grab and goes. <laughs> I we've mailed them in. I I don't know if we're mailing them to the right place, but uh, right, yeah, yeah, just mail it to the government. Right. It's it's yeah. It's this guy uh, C like his just first initial C, and then mm-hmm. Um Dumpster uh, is his last yeah. name. MD is exactly. a doc, a medical doctor. So yeah, he's in uh, Santa Ana, from my understanding. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah no it's a it's a weird time right now because i'm i'm technically not allowed to go over to steve's house to drive those seven or eight miles over there uh i'm in la county the very south part of la county in long beach california big ups to uh snoopus doggy dog uh who's from here Uh, i also won't acknowledge the sublime lead singer because he's a piece of shit um that stuff sucks (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh he also he made he made Long Beach shitty. Snoop Dogg made it cool, but um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, there's a curfew uh, last night and uh, tonight. This is my first curfew that I've experienced outside of empathetically um, feeling it in a movie where there's a curfew, usually about mm-hmm. in a dystopian future or something like that. But 
yeah. now we're living it, which is great. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Most there's a girls I date uh, have also curfew. Yes, um, so I'm used to dealing with that. <laughs> right, and, uh... <laughs> just kind of default because of their age. Yeah, right. exactly. You know, they're just it's it's you know comes comes with the territory. Yeah, yeah. Well, Makes because they have, the nursing home closes, so. Exactly. They have to be back by uh, when the streetlights come on, basically. Yeah, because so. um, once their meds start kicking in, they need their IV drip. And right, I say right. that's when I give them the tip. I was going to say, uh, it's technically no longer consensual when that IV kicks in and all those exactly. uh, dopamines and hallucinogenic drugs. and thi- Well, dopamines, yeah. I guess your body produces. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, you know. When they're all doped up, you know. Yeah, um, when they got them all sauced up and yeah. <laughs> ready to let those folds and flaps just get all moistened and, oh, and yeah. drippy. Um, and I return them, and I just say, "Hey, it's been a hot summer's night, and it's uh, March usually." And they get upset. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't find that too funny. <laughs> That's usually their last days. Yeah, you just push them Spring. over the edge, not in the way that you would think, but in right. the way that I think they would want. Yeah, <laughs> See the way I think mean. they think that right. they would. Uh, you know, maybe twenty years ago they thought right. when they did. <laughs> twenty years ago, these thoughts. Yeah, but uh, now they're old. Be, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's the old. It's the oldie fans, not right. their only fans. <laughs> moldy fans. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've had a moldy fan in my life. For yeah, a couple of them, and you do get sick, my oh, friend. Yeah. Um, have you had that? I I would have a fan. I used to have a fan by my bed a lot, and uh, there was a couple times I was, I could tell something was fucked up because I would just wake up like congested and coffee and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the fan blades were just caked in fucking dirt. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, congested, on, congested on cams getting coffee is that exactly. spinoff of Jerry Seinfeld show that you started with him. Right, right. Yeah. Where you take naps together while, yeah. um, you know, the fan's blowing. And then you wake right. up, talk about your dreams, and right. then uh, cough a bit. <laughs> uh, well, he knows there's big money in those 24-hour cams that have yeah. uh, guys trapped in rooms uh, with uh, moldy fans that cause congestion right. in their lungs. So, Oh, yeah. And you get some... Uh, What's it called? I almost said claustrophobic. Uh, what are the people who think they're sick all the time? Uh, hemophiliacs. Hemophiliac. No. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> uh, fuck. Hemophiliacs, like, with got the thin no, blood. Um, crazy. Yeah. It's a germaphobe. What the fuck? Why am I No, I know. Uh, hypochondriac. Hypochondriac. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Stick one of them in the room. They freak the fuck out. Yes. Um, but, yeah, the, there are uh, – there's looting. I, th- I Hopefully not tonight. It's been pretty quiet tonight and i'm knocking on what as my wife just yelled at me too um but uh, hopefully hopefully no looting tonight uh there was uh we're recording on monday night as usual tonight's june 1st last night on the 31st of may uh there was a shit ton of looting uh well protests plenty of peaceful protests which had looters surrounding it which i don't want to confuse the two because a lot of people are saying oh the protesters are looting it's like no right the looters are different than the protesters yeah yeah um but uh but yeah the the uh, protesters were mostly in downtown Long Beach, which is about five, four or five miles from our house. Um, and uh, we're kind of on the Seal Beach side of, of Long Beach. But still, we had looters um, as close as a mile last night at a shoe city by a gas station. Uh, hmm. And I drove by today on the way to your house before the 4 p.m. curfew to pick up this microphone I'm talking into um, and smooching quite a bit. Can't resist. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, without that pop in. filter. Without Daddy telling me no, I just got to smooch this thing. Right, right. <laughs> over and over. Everyone uh, gets a but, taste. Uh, <laughs> Pop, I'll smooch who I want. Okay, that's <laughs> um, fine, Joe. I blocked you on filter. Facebook anyway. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, eat yeah. whatever mint chip you get. Two, yeah. three sheets. I won't even see it. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll catch up in Germany someday, huh? Oh yeah, we'll nice. catch up. Well, they got a lot of mustard out there too. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. it's a starred town, <laughs> yeah. but you know. 
<laughs> I didn't really see a lot. Yeah, or we'll we didn't really see a lot of ketchup out of there. Yeah, in Germany, but it is well, a big a lot start of tomatoes now. out there. Yeah, yeah. Because even true. the tomatoes on the salads we would get out there were just like sometimes very dis- like green. They were just cuts veggies. of. Um, they were just cuts of knockwurst. You know. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, so oh tomate, that's tomate. Oh, but this is meat, uh, ma'am. Oh yeah, vegan. Yes. This is liquefied <laughs> shitty meat. <laughs> well, you did get a bologna salad, which was just a bunch of slices of yes. bologna. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was at the uh the Stell what is the what the is that brewery? Stiegel. Stiegel, yeah, the Stiegel brewery, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where I thought I was getting pork belly it was just like gelatinous cold pork on a bed of like weird greens. Yeah, you were getting like jello pork fat or something, yeah. which is very I thought weird. it was suckling pig, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was on the healthy menu. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Weird flex, right. but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is flex? I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Only on flex of flex. things, little <laughs> yeah. bit uh, sparkles of some shit. <laughs> and Goldschlager. We don't have Goldschlager, yeah. <laughs> so this is a brewery. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, so there's a curfew tonight. I'm hoping that it is over after this. There's cleanup going on all day today. Uh, I'm hoping that the curfew is really just to protect the cleanup crew and to make sure there's not kind of a aftershock of people looting again. But um, but yeah, that shoe city was all boarded up. Uh, didn't again. This is like full sheets of plywood uh, right. going up there. But I've never seen more organized boarding up of stores too. Um, mm-hmm. But because uh, it's like just very clean, all plywood. You know, basically they're putting a plywood skirt, a decorative plywood skirt around the uh, front of the building. So, right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's life seemed it seemed pretty normal, at least the route to the freeway that I was taking. But I'm sure mm-hmm. downtown it's a different story uh, where there's tons of shops and restaurants and things that people were fucking up and everything. So, yeah, uh, sad time for sure. Um, but uh, still, it got us to all the things. Yeah. What's that? I said, for, yeah, for all the things. Uh, yeah. Very sad time. Yeah, I mean, obviously, nobody should be getting fucking murdered by the cops for thinking that he wrote a bad check. Right. <laughs> and he didn't write a bad check, which is fucking yeah. insane. So, um, but uh, yeah, the despite going on many tangents, we're probably not going to go on a uh, pro or anti-militarization of the cops <laughs> in America right. going forward. Um, I am heavily pro. Just make them more. Just give them complete just immunity. But, smash them. Yeah. Uh, just have Trump in the military. Immunity. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, yeah. Hopefully next week's back to normal. But uh, I've been wanting to talk or to been wanting to talk through this for a while. I've been wanting to try this ZenCaster thing. Uh, that's the program we're using tonight. And they're having a uh, a free kind of a free everything. You basically get their paid features, which are twenty bucks a month for free because it's COVID. So they have like a site wide discount so um yeah steve and i took i don't know 40 minutes today to fuck around with it and test it out and so far super yeah. easy um i don't get the voice effects we could make that happen we'd have to rejigger the whole thing but um well yeah but that's I don't not know really how yeah that i mean we don't need to talk about that on, <laughs> on the air because it's yeah it's like yeah. something into the soundboard then something out and right yeah so yeah, we just have to sing everything up, whatever. But still, if we want to have a guest in the future, if we want to have Ryan Sprague on the show yeah. uh, from his closet in Queens, uh, we can do that in the future. Um, so, yeah, it's cool. To, the right. Because <laughs> we still need Simon. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's cool. The whole point of Zencaster, there's a couple competitors, too, but the whole point of Zencaster is that you're basically doing what used to be called a voiceover IP, which is a dedicated audio line 
Um, because everyone, even the even some of the finest podcasts we listen to right now are all recording. They're all recording with each other over Zoom so they can see each other, which we're not doing. I guess I guess I could look at you over Zoom and you could do it on your laptop, but like with <laughs> no audio. A, but like my standard picture of you, you know, your face with the mouth cut out. And yeah, yeah. Place it on Greta. So, right on her stomach. The many layers of duct tape around the mouth. Exactly. So yeah. I can fuck the stomach and look at Greta. You all of it. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. You put <laughs> you put a mask of me over Greta's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then inside, you carved out her foam mouth and put a, yeah. another printout of my mouth with duct of tape her on, on it. it. Since she yeah. her outside is messed right. up now with your mask. Yeah. It's just <laughs> lips that say Joey on. It. Yeah. <laughs> the lips, as if tattooed. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, the Zencaster thing, the whole point is that you get like the same audio quality and as absurd, as I'm sure many of you will listen to zoom recorded podcasts right now, uh, unless they have an engineer to fucking sync up all the individual tracks from their microphones, it doesn't sound that great. So, um, anyway, the, the only thing I don't get to look at is to look at is those spabies blue slanatra eyes that Steve has. (laughs) And good old fat Matt walking by. Oh yeah, questionably shirt. No, shirted. <laughs> now Matt is a jailer by trade in yes. uh, Orange County, so maybe a little less crazy. But um, is he going through any shit right now? Is, is he going to get called in? Or are they like inundated no. with? I mean, he had normal work yesterday, and he said, or no, he had normal work tonight, and he didn't okay. get called in last night or over the weekend. So okay, no changes for him. Well, probably lucky then. Or it means that they don't really trust him to do anything yeah. really important. He's not big boy task. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't make that. <laughs> uh, other than that, though, uh, uh, how's it going, Steve? How are you? Oh, it's going good. Uh, well, yeah. I was uh, up at my uh, lake camp oh, yes. this weekend, <laughs> and I knew it was going to be fucked because we hadn't been up since like last year. <laughs> right. And uh, there's basically set the stage for people too. like you got a cabin up there. What's going on with that? Yeah. Give them a little background. There's a, a cabin in the woods in Paso Robles <laughs> where uh, the old gods are being called by a ritual. And oh, yes. Referencing old horror movies and cliches <laughs> and always working against me. Um, but the, it, it it's basically like a studio apartment. Okay. So. You go in, there's like a stove top and oven, then next to that's a little space, and then you got a sink in the corner. So just a, just a box of stove top stuffing and then an oven next to that? Yeah, and that's okay. just where you piss. Got it. Um, <laughs> just all there. That, and then sink, then a little bit more countertop, then, then you're on another wall, uh, fridge. So the wall's on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now you're on. Now you're getting it. Now you're it. getting it. <laughs> Uh, no, there's four walls. It's pretty normal that way. But, uh, then there's a, you know, wall with the fridge and some other stuff, another wall, blank space wall behind you where the door is, there's a futon and then you're walking back outside. Um, but again, probably the size of like a normalish studio apartment. And then outside there's two big decks, big, thick decks. Bloody Uh, decks. Bloody. (laughs) Glumus (laughs) is there 24. Uh, but basically. Professor Dr. Glumus. Probably. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> no, uh, much uh, word pressing and uh, yeah. CSS and such. Yes, a doctor of a webology. Yes. And um, different types of fish in their blood and cum. Yes, very, very uh, important work done in the early stages of fishing scams. Yes, eh? 
Yeah. Got quite the catch and uh, some people's lives. <laughs> oh, I see a box of stovetop. I've got to relieve myself. <laughs> Let the pissing begin. Um, but anyway, so where we are, uh, it's like right at the end of Lake Nasimeno, but you're about 30 some miles from town. So you're out in the middle of nowhere ish. Wow. Um, there, it is like a quote unquote club. So there's other members with their land and stuff. So some people built like full house cabins out there. Yeah. We've kept ours pretty rustic. <laughs> but uh, with no bathroom, correct? It's five no, minutes away. Well, the earth is your bathroom, my friend. True. The lake is too, I guess. Uh, well, try not to do that too much. <laughs> but I mean, piss at least. Yeah. You have to legally say that, I know. But, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so. We would run a gas line from the outside where you could hook up a propane tank to inside. Uh, one of the cousins changed that last year, didn't reseal it, so there was a big hole. Got I it. noticed that last year, but it was my last time up there. My cousin had blown up a thing of stuff it earlier. Oh, yeah. Stuff so it expander, the foam spray. Or whatever. Yeah. Same shit, yeah. yeah. Or no, and stuff it expander was the Mac zip, uh, unzip and zip uh, program. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Which also uh, is a very provocative name when you think about stuff right. it expander. <laughs> um, so usually that's what it's like. That's the quick sealer kind of like uh, patch stuff. Right. So we didn't have it. And I'm like, fuck. I'll just like tape the shit. This is burp sound it. effects again. <laughs> <laughs> um, tape the shit out of that, and. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully it'll hold. Hopefully I can get back up here and just fix it for good. And then nine and then, months goes by. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was like, oh, a bunch of football games in the holidays. And then it was yeah. like raining like every fucking weekend. And right. And they don't want to be there when it's raining just because yeah. there's not a lot to do and no cover. Not a lot of, yeah, inside. <laughs> right. Obviously from how I described it. But uh, <laughs> which actually this weekend, it was raining for the first until probably three o'clock on Saturday and we oh, got up wow. there Saturday morning. So it was mm-hmm. like a kind of like an organ rain, but uh, mm-hmm. anyways, I knew it was going to be fucked. Raining organs down. Oh yes, <laughs> Plopping everywhere. Plenty just, of meat for the weekend. Oh yeah. It's quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just need a kidney here and a little yeah. bit of heart. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, lucky enough to get a prolapse, I think for breakfast. Ooh, so yeah. ass meat. <laughs> I also love that my wife is in the other room hearing half of this podcast yeah. and me just making insane well, statements with no she, <laughs> she was upset there's no Twitch tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry, so, no Twitch because that's a whole other kind of rig we'd have to figure out exactly, on short notice. Another so. element. But yeah. um, anyways, I knew it was going to be fucked. I knew the rat was going to get get in there and have its way with the place and and oh, it did yeah. so i brought my uh, heavy duty like real deal shop back oh. so <laughs> i'm in there well, well so i'm in there just sucking up shit we're pulling yeah. everything out cleaning it suck yeah. suck suck and, and this sorry this is a hole under the inside of the house or the deck outside oh no under this like where the sink is Got it. And the okay. wall connects. That's what I said. So that line would run outside. We'd hook up propane. Got it. Got it. And the line would hook to the stove, and then you could use the stove top and oven. Got it. Um, to cook so the, the person did exactly <laughs> <laughs> mixed well. Yes, so breakfast I'm flakes. Doing all the shit, pulling everything out, and I'm like, man, I hope the I don't maybe the rat bounced because it hurt us, right? Like right. you know, mice and all that shit tend to right. Like, so we're cleaning it, get to where the corner where the futon is, start pulling shit out. And my cousin's like, oh, my God, there it is, there it is, there it is. So there's the rat, right? <laughs> uh, 
just hanging out in the corner and it's right. it's looking up then sits down i'm like okay this thing's like not jumping around like <laughs> we need to do something we need yeah. to get this it is not out of here. master splinter who l- learned martial arts from his master in a cage no for all that the shit, they learned martial farts because right. there was crap <laughs> everywhere uh <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he learned it from me he said he's weaponizing he his yeah. inner methane <laughs> <laughs> I just watched and did shadow farting as we were training our own farts, eating beans and raw meat up there. Raw organ meat. <laughs> yeah, his master's just some fat white guy in a wife yeah. beater eating beans and fucking hot dogs all yeah. day. <laughs> that's us because we were <laughs> that's us at the cabin. <laughs> um sorry, so like Cause like, oh, there it is, there it is. So we get out a BB gun, and there's no yeah. pellets, cause like, a pointed pellet's the best thing. But right, get the BB. One of the people. <laughs> Isn't a pointed pellet a bullet? <laughs> it's not far off, but okay. I would get the pointed pellets for my pellet guns all the time, cause that would do some real shit. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, they shoot it with the BB a couple times, doesn't do anything, just bounces right off. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. I've been sucking shit all day. I've almost sucked up a screwdriver, a flashlight, all this other crap. I'm like, the way, so the way shot vac work, it's a literal bucket yep. and a vacuum piece sits on top of the bucket. And yep. then it has a tube that sucks and pulls things in. And then another tube that goes through the filter and pushes right. things out. Right. So it's so you can suck up water and things like that. And it won't like, like destroy said, you, the inner workings of the, the vacuum. It just puts right. it in it's the not, and part. it's not a spinning thing like a carpet right. vacuum. It's literally a pneumatic tube. Like you put money up in the old days. Right. Like, again, I could put in a pile of screws and they would just sit in the bucket. Right. Uh, so I'm like, all right, we're going to have to shop back this fucking thing out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can release it. And yeah. I didn't even think about killing it when we released it, but everyone else did because then it started running back towards the cabin. Oh, geez. But uh, <laughs> so we shot back it. It goes up and into the back. It's just all. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. My like, it's in there. It's in there. It's in there. So like <laughs> we're freaking out. I'm like, this actually works. Yeah. Because <laughs> once it's headwind, it just went boom, perfectly. Yeah. So, well, yeah, they can squeeze yeah. through pretty tight places. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, so then we I, I, I walked it kind of far away open the shop back and my cousin's filming like an idiot. Like he's just holding on a spot, not going with the action. Like, cause he's just looking. Right. So yeah, he's not a pornographer. Yeah. Like us, you know, yeah. seasoned beef right. and, um, open it. Fucking rat jumps out, jumps in this thing. We're like looking and then it starts jumping and running away. And this thing's probably like the body is probably like a foot. Oh my God. And then it's running, and I'm like, why is there two mice attached to it? Right. And that was, I think, it's two babies latched right. on, suckling. Yep. And it's in a full sprint, and right. then we just, like, flooded it. It, like, went under another thing, and we flooded that, and then it disappeared, hopefully, yeah. forever. Yeah. Uh, it was disgusting. It <laughs> yeah. was adventurous. Right. Because there was another time there was a rat in one of the quads, and we popped the seat, and uh, the dog that was with us at the time was, like, part Dalmatian, part lab. Oh, wow. Yep. And it literally jumped over the quad as the rat went to jump out, caught the rat in its mouth, ragdolled it on the way down, and it was oh. dead. <laughs> so, oh boy, a separate yeah. trip. This is a this is a cabin that Steve has invited me and my wife to many times, <laughs> and it just gets more enticing every time oh, yeah. I, I mean, hear about like it. I said, adventures and stories for yes. days, my friend. <laughs> now, was uh, Code Man and uh, Brandon up there? Your cousin Brandon up there with you? Uh, it wasn't Cody. It was Brandon, and then uh, 
another couple cousins. Oh, okay. But, uh, so his grandma's brother had a place up there, sold it, but he still lives up there. So him and his kid. So Got however it. you want to call that. But um, okay. <laughs> weird. Fuck <and> buddies. <laughs> exactly. That's Green all I hear. Buddies. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So we clean that. Which, so finally, you know, we have disinfectants where he bleaches shit out of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, everything's clean, rocking. So the next trip, I'll probably just patch the shit out of the deck because there's a couple soft spots. Yeah. And then it'll be ready to rock for the summer. You got beautiful <laughs> Justin Winery and their uh, triangles and isosceles and whatever shit wines. Yeah. yeah. And uh, a bunch of other. There's like 300 wineries up there. Firestones over there. Firestone Barrel Burger. Works, which I've never really been to, but everyone shits their pants over. Mm-hmm. Think, uh, yeah. uh, uh, now, did you go on the lake? This no, time? because it was usually when we're up there, it's like. So you went up I, to the lake 100. and didn't go in the lake. No, it's you're out in the wilderness. You know? No, no, of course not. It, it was, well, it was a work trip. I wasn't. I was planning like if it was hot, maybe jumping. But again, right. it was raining, so it was probably sixty-two all day. Yeah. Maybe 65 because it was supposed to be 75 and then Sunday 85, where it was Mm. like low 60 Saturday, like low 70 Sunday when we left. So Um, not really weather for crushing some modern times ice or anything in there. No, but I did. (laughs) I crushed (laughs) the Pilsners and uh, I was on an inner tube in the uh, dead rat pile. So exactly (laughs) in the uh, piss corner where the stove top is. (laughs) I was I was floating in my. Uh, mastery over nature as opposed to liquid water so exactly as i just (laughs) brushed all those fuckers (laughs) oh i didn't brush them i killed them (laughs) yeah (laughs) and their babies exactly eat them up son well the mother got away i think we got one of the babies but yeah yeah. (laughs) i got meaning killed Well, because you probably sprayed a bunch of bleach in there, and there was probably some baby rats in there. So, well, hopefully, no, there we'll was see definitely you next no. Time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we literally ripped everything out, and I cleaned it all. Mm. So there, there's, there, in theory, should be no baby rats because I don't even yeah. know what the fuck they would be, right? If they were in there still. Did you put some traps down there or something? Or, um, I. Hey, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just suck it. It's just a fucking huge clit. Just think of it like that. I'm a fucking squirter, okay? Just fucking rub my lumpy labias. As you're, as you're stuffing her into like a two foot hole. Yeah. yeah, I can get her into the cat back. Right. Yeah, you ever you ever use that software stuff it expander? Yeah. <laughs> you want to be decompressed? Right. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so. But you got back Sunday night, correct? Sunday night, came yeah. back and hit the road and realized there was a bunch of riots happening and, yeah. uh, or protests too, you know, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. Riots, I mean, protests, I, and looting are all valid things. I mean, I lived in LA County, not too far from the LA riots in 92. Yeah. And, uh, the Dondo, as they call exactly. it, right? And it was, yeah, a lot of flashbacks. Like I told yeah. you earlier, I rigged my room because, uh, Home yeah. Alone had come out. So, right. You know, I set up some screwdrivers. Yep. taped him to the carpet because this was 92 93 right 92 Something like that yeah. yeah after the after the cops that beat the fuck out of rodney king got uh right. arraigned basically yeah i think in yeah. let go or something i don't know some some craziness yeah, yeah they got released from their charges or so or got shitty char- like baby charges or right. something like that but um, uh so yeah so it was a lot of flashbacks of that and then driving through because i think at that one like some rig driver got pulled out and killed or beat yeah, uh, Reginald Denny was his name. Because I, I always remember because there was an in living color sketch where 
uh, I think it was David Allen Greer and Jim Carrey, and one was playing Rodney King and the other was playing Reginald Day. <laughs> and it was all about like workman's comp insurance and they were starting a legal firm. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim Carrey was just like, uh, yeah, and when you want to uh, phone us. Like he was just all fucked up because he got a brick <laughs> through his head or something right, like that. Right, so. right. Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah just flashes of that i i i knew we were gonna be fine but everyone was like messaging me and, and saying i was like hey yeah that and this and you know yeah orange orange county didn't get to you know literally literally again five six seven miles south of me you know a fucking eight minute drive or something on the freeways like uh nothing pretty much and then right uh but up here it was like in the very in the morning it was like oh santa monica's having fucking riots and looting and whatever and we're like oh fuck and then like uh by i don't know two or three we were already hearing like explosions which actually were for the most part there really weren't any gunshots reported at a lot of these it was mostly just dickheads blowing up fireworks which they've been doing for weeks anyway but it's like an extra dickhead move when you're kind of worried that people are gonna fucking you know start shooting people in the streets or cops are gonna fucking get in altercations or something like that but um but it was apparently people with fireworks. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, by the time uh, we were going to bed last night around 1231 in the morning, my wife um, ha- got downloaded this uh, broadcast app, which you can look at the, or listen to the police scanners. And it was just kind of it was a bit worrisome because it's like, oh, this place a mile and a half from you is getting reported as broken windows, people stealing shit. This other place has two guys arrested because of something. And then this other place, this woman is on the ground uh screaming being attacked by this guy and there's a witness to that like all this crazy shit going on so um yeah, yeah. it hasn't been and there's a google fun. map thing which i probably yes. should send you i guess that if i assumed you guys have it uh where it shows all the, yeah. the spots the hot spots uh and then and then and then at work um uh, was basically on on sunday yesterday um we had to do some week- weekend work which was expected then we were asked to undo all that work then we were asked to redo all that work. So <laughs> the entire day was completely fucked, basically because of an ill-written text message uh, by yeah. someone that leads us. So Yeah, we can talk off air. But I got the yeah. notice at 1 p.m. that it was everything goes live, no marketing. Right. And I didn't hear until 3 p.m. Right. Uh, the opposite. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it was not fun. But um, other than that, I'm, I'm glad that we made it through last night. Um, I actually knocked out. I mean, we have a we own a we own a gun here. I have my sharp longsword kind of handy for um, anyone that might come in. We're hoping that that doesn't happen. They seem to be going towards more commerce places. Not really. Again, knock on wood, there hasn't been home House invasions and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, trying trying to just like have a little faith that the protest the actual protesters who are protesting for something good uh, they're all doing it peacefully, or at least for the most part, doing it peacefully. So. Um, and hope that the looting, the, the fervor kind of fucking dies out, gets its fucking load out and chills out in a long refractory period after yeah. coming all over urban outfitters and CVSs and <laughs> things like that. So, yeah. um, but yeah, yeah uh, it's nice okay. to have, uh, options too. So we didn't have to like cancel this episode and post a Patreon peak or something like that. Um, and, uh, so I'm glad that this worked out and, Hopefully it sounds good to everyone. Yeah. So, and uh, um, we should have a new beer there drunk that. Uh, oh yeah, this week or in the next chunk of days or 
Yes. Next we week can post that even tonight because I'll write I'll write that description for you. There you um, go. But uh, yeah, we reviewed uh, a bunch of Modern Times, uh, probably our favorite brewery around here, but uh, their Extraordinary Times line of beer, which was like beer. I don't know if all of it was brewed because there's some like barrel aged stouts, but beer basically marketed in the time of quarantine. So yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we had our. Uh, well, Twitch, Twitch, very well-known Twitch name, if you're a twitch.tv slash Probing Ancient Aliens uh, <laughs> audience member, usually uh, Flapmaster, um, but that's Thrillins, who you've heard on multiple Beer There Drunk That episodes, as I'm sure every single one of you listening has listened to all those episodes, even though the numbers don't say that at all. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that'll be up soon, too. So extra content. Um, we actually have a, a Patreon episode going up pretty soon, too, that we recorded about a week ago. Because uh, we're like, we're the earliest we've ever been out on recording and stuff. So, yeah, um, we it's like there's part of me that's like, oh, let's record a bunch of probing ancient aliens early. But I kind of like having the like current in the news shit going on, you know, so mm-hmm. um, as much as we could bank, you know, a shit ton of episodes it uh, I don't know, it's nice to end Mondays like this for the most yeah. part. So, um, Sorry. but yeah. Uh, other than, well, speaking of ending Mondays, let's talk about rim jobs here. Um, we have um, a segment we call Reaching for the Stars, where we ask you, the little probers and probets out there, to go on to Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast service of choice and give us a five out of five star rating. And then uh, review us in the comments of that rating, and we'll read it on the air and give you a shout out. And we have a new review from... Longtime fan, longtime supporter, longtime patron on patreon.com slash probing aliens, where for five bucks a month or more, you can get at least two exclusive episodes of content from us, from yours truly and his truly, um, every month. So um Dusty Tweedipo via Apple Podcasts in Canada, a eh? where Maple Serbs from a eh? uh Mounties a eh? uh he says he titles his review Eat the Seat. Uh, I know his preferred pronoun because I've seen pictures and he identifies as male talking to him personally. So um, he says, eat the seat, five stars. This is my favorite Christian podcast about aliens. Please, though, more burping and directly into the microphone. Bless you all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dusty, we love you. But uh, yeah, you should read. Y'all should go read our other um, Apple podcasts. Uh, The one even right below Dusty Tweet Up to see what he's referencing so so not a not a positive podcast or a review so um yeah other than that uh there hasn't been a ton of um alien news i think like the kind of the ufology world is kind of it's it's not at a standstill but it's 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 currently having all of these digital conventions going on because they were supposed we were supposed to be in contact in the desert today um which, you know, as my wife and I talked about last night, like, um, if, the, if, the, I mean, in a different timeline, this wouldn't be happening anyway, but, uh, but I would have been gone this weekend while she was home with rioting. And so I would have had to be like, fuck, I got to go home basically. So, um, might not have been good regardless, but, uh, yeah, we were or supposed to have been in contact in the desert all weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, supposed to be in contact all weekend. So, um, but, uh, since that isn't happening, you know, like Ryan Sprague and uh, Ryan McClellan and whatever, they're all they're doing the all the strange uh, thing this past week. I laugh every time I see yeah. it. <laughs> I know. It's like, guys, come it, on. That's also a reference for 
getting a new lady. Yeah, uh, getting some, some new pussy. Strange um, wool is what they call it in the movie The Warriors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, all the strange. And then there was a convention a couple weeks ago where Ryan Sprague and Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall and uh, Jeremy fucking Corbell were on something. And uh, But uh, it's, it's a weird little... Uh, not in a bad way. It's just kind of a weird little... Um, I, like we're, I'm starting to learn about the incestuous nature of the ufology world, um, and it's just I don't know. It's kind of interesting that everyone is on each other's podcasts except us. Because <laughs> we're so fucking mean, and I yeah. think we're gay. <laughs> we're just a little fan. Fuckers. I've never heard that, but that's what I worry about every night. That I think Ryan Sprague thinks that we are, and uh, look at those little. Bud boys. Right. All those little pooches out there. <laughs> Sucking um, it down. Yeah, but uh, nothing... The The conversations are, like, mildly interesting, but they're also mostly kind of just going, hey, isn't it cool that, like, we're all us and that we're not... And I'm not even saying this in a douchey way, but it's kind of a, hey, it's really cool that we're all together being able to talk about this and we all kind of agree. And so yeah. it's not... It doesn't make for the most interesting content uh right in general but um uh Sukalos has kind of mellowed out at least this past week um yeah and he hasn't many... said anything around the protests and all that kind of stuff too so yeah that's what i was like surprised because usually he does comment on like racism and things like that so um because he's a huge right no he's not but uh <laughs> <laughs> major um, alt-right guy yeah, he brings that uh, that Swiss kind of European view to things. So, um, but uh, I I do kind of picture like Von Daniken is having very problematic views. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not I'm not claiming that he does, but I could you know he's he's an old wonky brained man as we saw right uh, in that breakfast buffet at Contact in the Desert last year, wearing his watch on the outside of his suit jacket. So snapping um, on all the different tees and then went with the first option. Right. <laughs> and then instead of, uh, which is fine, but instead of juicing the giant stalks of vegetables for uh, right, right next to the juicer, just made to be juiced, he just brought fucking a pound and a half of foot-long stalks of asparagus back to his table. That's pretty much all he ate <laughs> all morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was While insane. I was getting peanut butter shamed by yeah. the fucking waiter. So Von fuck gets there. loading up on that smelly piss right. and you're getting shamed on how much <laughs> right. peanut butter you're going to use. Oh, thanks babe. My wonderful wife no just problem. brought me a, a green, <laughs> a green cheek beer, uh, the hazy IPA, wherever you land. Um, but Is that the uh, double or the triple. That's the single. Um, or, yeah. Sorry. It was a single and a, and a triple, yeah. Triple, the, that's the, the triple, I have the other can right here because I just finished that, is the High Everything's Great Hazy Triple IPA sponsored by Beer They're Drunk That PC on Instagram. So, um, <laughs> It is funny because the label for the Wherever You Land, one of the balloons that the little green cheek Conyer logo guy is holding just says, stay hazy. Which is <laughs> 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 a phrase I surprisingly have never thought of before. Okay. Uh, now you're <laughs> Daddy's getting a taste. Uh, um, oh God, the people we work with are quite characters. Someday, if we're not working there anymore, we'll have to do like a full closet knowledge <laughs> on <laughs> somehow, somehow not be like completely on the uh, office incriminating, office. but like, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, 
But yeah, it's like it's it's what should be what you would think would be as an interesting time uh, in the ufology alien kind of world is surprisingly not. I'm I'm hoping that the summer brings some more interesting digital versions of these conventions um, with perhaps some new information coming out of some kind. Um, but uh, I don't know. We're we're a year out from last year's kind of convention circuit, and there there hasn't. Literally, the only piece of disclosure that's happened is that the Pentagon also uh, revealed that yes, these things are that these videos, the the the, the Tic Tac and the, those two other ones, are real videos. So, well, the um, real and that they are unidentified. Exactly. Like yes. They don't. They're saying, yeah, we don't know what the fuck these were or are. Right. Um, Which again, it, it is a big deal. It's cool. Like, yeah. I was so shamed back in the day that if right. you saw or, or experienced something and came out with it, you were right. I mean, again, from what we've understood, that's yeah. that's the game. So yeah, the envi- It's cool that the environment has changed to be more open with your ufology. Um, but <laughs> you know, coming out of the knowledge closet with things that yeah. you already know. Um, yeah, ufology. But. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, though, um, hearing a bunch of like what I've what I've understanding how hard it is to create hours of content that's worth listening to committing to these conventions where I get the feeling that the same people are on many more panels than would be at a live convention because there's just going to be more people that attend. Yeah. Um, they're having a lot of the same conversations or they're basically just going, Hey, let's get together and record a podcast, which isn't really what a panel is, you know? So sometimes it does feel like kind of is what it is, but uh, also it's like, if these guys are the researchers, like, like Joey and I like have it moderately easy where it's like, we watch an app and we talk and then we talk about other shit. Right. But like these guys are like produce shows and topics and research. It's like, yeah. One, there's only so much of that to go around. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension in <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. Well, they just are reading other week. They're they're not far off from what we are. Uh, yeah, yeah. That they them uh, hysteria fifty one guys. Mm-hmm. Which again, no hate there either. But right. again, researching Jeez, muffins. these things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they bullshit too. So it's like they yeah. have it uh, easy as well. But people like Sprog and all these other ones who are like, oh, Try. and I I took John Goff Goforth's. And Brent Hanley's face in my hands, and I said, "Babies, you have got it." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine?" Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that might be like the the ultimate example of a joke that I couldn't understand almost at all as a kid. Yeah. To to being one that is like one of the funniest bits it's such a in deep any movie. Angle cut of a joke. Right. It's like So we're referencing three amigos when they're yes. like at the party in the right. village and right. like uh, all the things are happening and then uh, Martin Short's like describing this childhood story where he's a childhood right. actor. 
Right. And some... talking about an inside baseball child actor movie industry story. Yeah. To to these very poor Mexican kids from Santa Poca. And old ladies and all they probably don't even know what he's saying. Right. <laughs> he's like... Yeah. There's so many layers, like they don't even speak English. <laughs> he's in a fucking garishly obnoxious mariachi fucking costume. Yeah. And they're all dressed in things they've sewn themselves and whatever. Right. Yeah. Um... Tell the story about how he has it and pizzazz. Right. <laughs> like like specifically refer- specifically referencing one major old actor from yeah. also from 25 years ago man. in his own yeah. career. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so literally like pre like silent movie era shit, you know. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Which also one of the lines from that same uh little bit of a scene is like, "Oh, we could go and you could kiss me on the veranda." <laughs> and he's all, yeah, "Lips are fine." Yeah, lips are fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it is one of my all-time favorites. I, I that yeah. was another heavy rotation with my dad and brother was was Three Amigos. Like yes, yeah, yeah. That was uh, kind yeah, of an all year. Like we had our seasonal movies that we watched like every day. Like summer was mm-hmm. like North Shore and some other stuff, and then winter time was like Christmas Story and Christmas Vacation. But right, Three Amigos I think was kind of a off season kind of movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's an anytime movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was one that uh, both Pino and Kathy. I don't know if I've ever said my mom's name is Kathy on the show. Uh, Have I? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, my my original parents, um, yeah. not the 2.0 parents I've had since I was six. So, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna divorce the first part of the show, and we're gonna move into the actual part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> right now we're gonna get remarried to uh talking about the episode here so um ooh, that's a that's a nice little middle eastern lick you got there going you got. there with that keyboard uh ooh, is that a sitar i hear yes. over there am i smelling myrrh and incense and viwamas over yes. there ooh. <laughs> Oy, i'm talking to the Beatles. i'm going to tell them how to do music in the future <laughs> Oh, the one sitting in the chair thinks that Yoko Ono is very beautiful. No, she doesn't have a sideways vagina. (laughs) The man in the chair is chuckling at that. (laughs) It's not offensive because I'm a fifth dimensional Atlantean time traveling spirit. I is. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) You have got it. Yeah. Oh, that was a weird channel. Who was that? Yeah. <laughs> weird channeling. Yeah. Um, weird channel, but, yeah. but okay. Yeah. <laughs> As you whip your dick out to jerk <laughs> And it's like the fucking, it's just like a, a, a marathon of like Zumba footage from <laughs> various uh, small town Zumba gyms or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, this episode is the Pharaoh's Curse. Uh this episode has like kind of an interesting little and like an actual theory it's presenting in it. Um, other than that, it's really just uh, a cool a cool way to utilize their larger budget now that it's mid twenty seventeen when this is getting filmed, um, and they're really trying to make uh, Rami Ramani a star of the show. So mm-hmm. he he'd been on the show um, I think as far back as twenty fifteen, but he was kind of in fucking nerd mode he's got a fucking tie and a jacket and he's got like full it really is though like he, i'm saying this but he has yeah. like he had like the weird he has a lot of hair but like weird mm-hmm. combed over 
like 80s 70s nerd stereotypical hair he had mm-hmm. a fucking like a blue blazer on whatever and was just doing a talk talking head moments right but this episode reveals him to be the rami that we know and love now which is rami. the full yeah. um uh thindiana jones because yeah. he's a little skinnier than harrison nice. ford but um, um do you remember there's there's an actor and i think he's egyptian he might mm-hmm. be another middle eastern but he has like he almost looks like eugene <laughs> levy oh he might i think he's egyptian but he might be another, another middle, middle eastern uh, another type of no but he might eastern, he's some sort of middle eastern so i don't want to okay. say uh but dude he's been in a bunch of fucking movies he's like kind of uh-huh. balding kind of looks like eugene levy with big thick eyebrows mm. i don't know if fuck i need to find some but i just remember there was like he was like in just side roles enough in movies you were to rec- recognize him and then he was in some fucking subway commercial where he just is like with his family, like total side bit. I'm like, why did this guy take this role? Cause it's just him like smiling and pointing at the sandwich. And I just, right. I would always laugh at that. Are and you, then, uh, are you sure like, you're not talking about the French actor, Jean Renault? No. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Cause he kind of looks like Rami as well. They just have the very well, thin kind of I mean, angular build. I but... say no, I don't, I don't know what that guy is. <laughs> Wait, I said uh, maybe it's genre. Yes. Yes. <laughs> let me let me look. How do you spell uh, it? Um, J. It's Jean, like J E A N, mm-hmm. and then Reno, uh, Jean Reno. He was in like uh, Lo, not Lolita. He was in the the movie where Natalie Portman is underage and like. Oh uh, yeah, that's what, okay. That's no, definitely not this guy. Okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's who I'm thinking you're saying. Right. And why knee jerk no, but I'm like, let me double check. Right. Let me double check. He was in the yeah. professional. Yeah, perfect. Uh, the professional. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, this guy's like such a weird role. I, I'll find something with him in it. But yeah. anyway, I, I just I feel think... like I know the face you're talking about, but I would need just yeah. to see one picture and I would get it. But yeah, yeah exactly. No, once you but, saw this, you remind him because he kind of how Ram- that's Rami, who Rami looks like, like. How you describing him as the nerd? Mm-mm. And then thinking of Got that it. commercial where he's just like mm-hmm, with his family, like pointing at the scene. <laughs> It's like no lines, no nothing. I'm like, why did this guy fucking subway roll? He's in it for like five right. seconds with a family and just, ah, right. just insane. Anyways, that just would always be. talk about a freaking Martin Short moment right now. Oh my god, why would he take such a role where he's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you, why would he fucking do the subway commercial? He's been in he's been in like three movies that I know of in yeah. the past. Side role Made I mean, scale, speaking, you know. He for sure I mean, he's a SAG after a member. Come on. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) um but uh yeah no that's the kind of the best part of this episode is uh we get rami ramani in all his glory um and this is only uh probably being filmed a year year and a half before we before he had his first meeting with us at uh contact sorry a little sit down with that fucker exactly you're gonna come down bro that we paid full price for and sat you know in like two-thirds back in the auditorium of like 500 people right um but but we uh, demanded a room with him exactly and they gave it to us um we paid but uh uh which was a a weird room it was was just the security office at the pasadena convention center and they just had a cardboard cutout very similar to your cardboard cutout of me slapped onto your gremlin lady there yeah. but but uh <laughs> oh there's rami now sorry yeah uh, <laughs> but uh, you know it's tough you know the plain food even though i am egyptian i have you know uh, a, a western wife and she cooks yeah. hot dogs you know and ham sandwiches <laughs> and all sorts no. of things that don't agree with uh, my stomach it's so. weird to me because in 
Khufu would make such a thing. He says it's ham sandwich, but it's <laughs> burger. It's not ground ham. Why do you have ground? It's not ground ham. It's ground beef. Yeah, I've turned burger. into quite, quite an old scholar. Very old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, my name's Ramy Ramoni. Yes, of course. Be beef burger? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, quite, yes. No, it's funny because you... You latched on and do a good sexy Rami when he's, he's describing sitting deep down <laughs> in the chair. I'm deep down, <laughs> and then yeah. like the normal Rami is just like, well, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like he just has kind of this. It's but yeah, he does because, and that's why we noticed it. He puts on this very like romantic, sexy when he again when we were in that panel, and he's like, now when you go there. To the Valley of the Kings, and you see Gufu's demo. It's like he gets yeah. all fucking yeah. But that's well, why there, I, I would almost say there is for sure like presenter these guys and show these guys because like oh yeah, uh, what's it called? Um, Childress sounds very different in person, right? When he's yeah, presenting, yeah, yeah. and then like obviously like when we talked to him at the booth, but then when he's on the right. show, he definitely has like a different, a little bit of a different cadence and, and pitch. Yeah. Yeah, he has a much less fluctuating voice when we're just talking to him about Mothman and Richard Gere and things right. like that, and how much he hates contact in the desert. <laughs> yeah, apparently they all do, so. <laughs> if you ever see my face again at Schmantax, it'll be a cold day in hell. And that's actual quote from Giorgio Sukulos on his yes. Facebook from about When I'm ever going to come tact again. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so this episode, oddly enough, starts in, um, Oak Island in Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, and I'm like, okay. And I remember them, I remember them mentioning this before, but, um, or maybe I'd seen one of the, the way newer, like the, 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 like 2019 seasons where they mention it again or something. But, um, I was just like, come on guys. Like this has already been the, the, this is just pure cross promotion on the history channel because right. there was the mystery of Oak Island TV show going on at the mm-hmm. time, which is, and, I think uh, outpaced aliens, um, for like viewership too. Mm. Yeah. I actually, I've, I've always said that cause I remember reading statistics when we first started the show. So as of 2017, it was like ancient aliens was still the highest rated show on history channel, but I'm not sure if that's the case anymore. It'd be interesting to see if that's Yeah. Not, I think but. it was like, there was a couple things that had surpassed it. Like, because yeah. I, I feel like I look last year because I'm like, we keep saying that, but let me just look. Right. And it was like Oak Island was a little higher. And then I don't think American, I, mean, I think American Pickers even maybe. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, those shows are Not easier to also whatever. just like yeah. watch all Jump afternoon into, too. So. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the Oak Island mystery, if you don't know, it's, it's this island in Canada that uh, in, in 1795, these three farmer boys uh, saw these mysterious lights, and then they they kind of just cut to, and, the, and maybe you can tell me more, Steve, because I think you've watched some mm. of that other show, but like, uh, basically just go, and then the legend has it that seven people must die searching for the, pre- the treasure before the treasure will be revealed. I'm like, okay, and they show like a gravestone with people's names on it, and I'm like, wait, did a gravestone magically appear with Six out of seven people. Like, I don't know. It was very strange. Yeah. They explain it kind of at the end of this episode. Um, There's a few, but, like, hobos, and they just shot him in the back of the head. Yeah, uh, exactly. All right. Yeah. Go. The two, <laughs> yeah, the two guys that star on 
the sh- the show the mystery of oak island which they show really quickly as if you're supposed to know them again yeah. assuming that you're a hardcore history channel watcher right. yeah they um, think there's so much crossover with everything it's like right which again is why history con was birthed and it's like right you don't <sighs> i've been places where they think that too for yeah. other stuff and it's like right. no <laughs> you have your one fans for this your one right. fans for that Right. They don't uh, only fans for this. <laughs> yeah. And then elderly fans for another. Right. Because the, the two guys, uh, at least the glimpse that I saw on this episode, they look like a couple of Steven Spielbergs, just kind of nerdy New so, York guys or something. And the weird dynamic with them is like one of the brothers is super rich. Like he oh. either started a business or was a money like guy or something, has a fuckload of money. The other yeah. brother is this kooky guy who was into this, but has no uh-huh. money. And he's like, oh, loser of the family, I'm assuming. <laughs> and he's now convinced his rich brother to get in on this and do oh, it for God. fun. So his yeah. rich brother is the one who like started funding it. And then probably is the one like, well, let's try and get some money back and then work with the history channel people and like got it to where now history channel pays for everything or a lot of stuff. Right. Or at least help supplement whatever he's putting in. Cause they're like, we need to find this because this is because basically like this. Yeah. Like you said, like this Knights Templar right. treasure and basically there's all these chambers and booby traps. And at one point, oh. <laughs> some booby trap went and flooded the whole chamber. Right. And now they, the whole thing is like, well, how do we get past the water and all the. Debris? So like a big, well, like milk, right? It's like, so a big lactating tit flooded some guy's rectum and colon right like it flooded the whole yeah, chamber I mean, you know jamming tits in people's assholes and letting right. them uh yeah yeah you know with a shoe horn, of course is normal. right i yeah, would have gone uh, a weenus into a vaginus right. well but it's cool because the woman gets to express herself and then yeah. literally and then the guy gets to express himself figuratively well prosthetically <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly prosthetic prostatically <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, and they start playing prostatory. Right, Uh, he didn't have a fake arm or leg, so exactly. Um, But um, (laughs) yeah, so they like try and like scuba dive down there and are scared because Tangle because everything that they do to push past it is like, oh god, but someone could die. But then the curse says all these people have to die before it's revealed. Mm -hmm. So could that happen to us? And then they have to bury outside and around. And I don't know. Somehow they've milked into a bunch of seasons. I think um, Fat Matt said they did finally get down there and like. There's nothing, but then of course they're like, "Well, there's probably something, so let's keep going." So, right, yeah. I, I, I think I've had a couple weekends of watching, like you know, some marathon type stuff, like a long time right. ago. But it's definitely been a while since I've watched that show. You know, I've had a few uh, two day periods in the past couple years where I've watched seven or eight hours of the show, but I forgot most of it. <laughs> I had a well, couple you, of weekends where I marathoned it. Yeah, you, you know, know but I don't remember much. There, of it. Drifting in and out, taking a little yeah. nappy poo, a little crank. Yeah. Little, yeah. Little well, I had rented milk. a woman to express milk into my anus. Exactly. The, so I wasn't it, paying attention. It was a, a low slash high for me in right. my life. <laughs> yeah. It was, you were trying to just recreate the money pit figuratively exactly. <laughs> from the show. So. My, yeah. It's that my asshole is what I call the money pit. Right, <laughs> because <laughs> all your money just goes right in there to feed the need, the exactly. various needs of that money pit. So, uh, but yeah, but of course, ancient astronaut theorists, they're already sure what's down there. And Childress chimes in, big Childress episode, which is nice. Actually, kind of a pretty good mix overall of the, the ones you care about. But um, Childress chimes in and says, there was a giant shaft, oh God, uh, had been dug out into the island and at certain levels, 
flood tunnels had been built under the ocean that came to the shaft. <laughs> so you have to wonder if people have gone through a lot of effort to protect something. And um, I would suspect the Ark of the Covenant. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's yeah. like a huge flex at the beginning of the episode. Right, right. Um, and even even Robert Clotworthy, uh, the narrator, basically repeats what he says as if you just called his daughter a cunt. Like He, he literally is like, the Ark of the Covenant <laughs> under Oak Island. Like it's like he can't believe it either. Like, yeah. like, like owning up bulge down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's Because Clotworthy is just an AI construct from Japan. <laughs> yeah, as he's many not real uh, beautiful yeah. anime idol girls that exactly. have oh, millions, millions stuff. people concerts uh yeah. that they sell out to. Just like in American but, uh, Gods, he is new media. Exactly. <laughs> Um, we jump to the Valley of the Kings uh, in Egypt, 1922, and this is all about Howard Carter. So he he's the guy that discovered King Tut's tomb. Uh, that's what he's known for. He excavated that tomb for many years, I think six or seven years or something like that. Um, and he's responsible for a lot of what we know about King Tut. So uh, especially the Stephen uh, the Stephen Martin yeah. <laughs> interpretation Good. of King Tut. Yeah, oh, Stephen Martin. Okay, I'm Tut. It's just like John Depp and all that. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, no, uh, some kid. <laughs> Some kid from uh, Carter's excavation team uh, was riding his donkey home, uh, and <laughs> this is serious. Uh, and uh, he and his donkey slipped into this hole below a, a bunch of sand, almost like he thought it was quicksand or something. And he freaks out. He goes back and tells Carter what happened. But we get Rami Romani to fucking tell us what's going on here. So um, he appears quite a bit in this episode. He's very informative. Um, I, I coined a little, hopefully because we're going to be seeing him more often in the show from now on in the 2017, 2018, 2019 period. Um, I coined, uh, a little, a little segment thing and I, and I wrote Rami rams it in. So, um, we can work on that if you want, but that's just my initial thing as I was watching the episode <laughs> tonight. So, uh, so Rami rams it in here and he says he instantly made a hole into the wall before he destroyed it. And Howard Carter <laughs> peeked in and said and i quote i see wonderful things <laughs> so there's a lot of a lot of breaking holes through walls talk in this episode um and i'm just picturing howard carter looking through that first freshly duct taped glory hole from ancient egypt mm-hmm. and just seeing wonderful things and i and i wrote as a note uh sounds like the booths i don't even remember writing this from three hours ago sounds like the booths at the porn shop we can't go to <laughs> anymore during quarantine <laughs> really miss it <laughs> um miss but uh, <laughs> um but no rami says it was actually a shit ton of gold and treasure so that's like the classic um the classic i don't know treasures you'd want to see looking through a fucking tomb hole right but uh i also wrote as a note but i think it was a mouth that never got full of cum <laughs> Just not quite there. Right. That's the, I see wonderful things. Um, but yeah, this is King Tut's tomb. And uh, Rami Ram's in it again here. And he says, it is known that ancient Egyptian tombs have the curse of the pharaohs. And whoever enters the tomb first will die. So that's kind of the, that's setting the stage for the entire episode. Everything kind of goes back to the curse of the pharaohs, which I do appreciate. They kind of, 
even if it's kind of a, a long shot sometimes, they do link back the curse of the pharaohs constantly to all the evidence they're presenting. So um, almost to an annoying degree, you know, like they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're obsessively doing it. So they have a, they show a few stories here of how Howard Carter and related crew members had these weird kind of deadly macabre experiences right after breaking into the tomb, which is like, Hey, maybe the curse started immediately right there with him. Like Howard Carter's canary was killed by a Cobra. His house burned down and flooded. Uh, one of his associates was was bitten on the cheek by a mosquito, which supposedly was the same spot King Tut was bit on a, on mm. his cheek or something too. Um, but uh, Cheeky, the last the, the last one, I'm like, I mean, it's a fucking mosquito, but yeah, whatever. But uh, Medallion Man uh, William Henry has a an amulet assertion here, and he says uh, curses were a tool of Hecka. Um, he doesn't. He's he doesn't. He's Mormon. He doesn't want to curse. He, it's actually yeah. Hella. Yeah, he's um, from Northern but, California, but also Mormon. So. Exactly, yeah. Um, but uh, moved to China pretty recently. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, curses were a tool of Hekka, the magical technology that the Egyptians used that they say was a gift from their extraterrestrial gods. This suggests that the curse of the pharaohs is an extraterrestrial technology that the ancient Egyptians were using to protect the tombs. Um, so we're starting to get into like, what what I kind of like about this episode is they talk about the nature of technology versus magic, you know, mm-hmm. and which is really like one of the crux uh, ideas of ancient astronaut theory is how how did ancient people misinterpret magic or technology as magic? So right. just um, as Thor would say, what we have is for you magic my friends <laughs> i am thor yeah that might be <laughs> that might be the best chris hemsworth uh <laughs> impression i've ever heard. let's drink some more beer yes. huh? oh did you know that i'm chunky and fat in the later <laughs> marvel movies yeah yes, um I play video games like right. the dude hey right. dude. yeah I was gonna, <laughs> i'm basically just a knockoff of the big lebowski <laughs> um but uh we 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 then talk about magic bricks um so they have this old ass egyptologist on here um i don't know why they don't have robert bovel on he's much more engaging he's much more serious about the topic uh the guy they have on here is kind of an example of the negative egyptologist because as we like you know we've heard from graham hancock and various others that like egyptology has become a religion to egyptologists like they Mm -hmm. there's all this dogma there's all this political stuff they have to fucking deal with so they're Mm -hmm. not really ever gonna they're almost like they're more mainstream than mainstream archaeologists right so um but uh, he explains that you know these bricks had inscriptions from the book of the dead on them there's there's four of these bricks um in a lot of different uh, Pharaoh's tombs in the Valley of the Kings, mm-hmm. uh, which makes Tut's a little different. We'll hear about that in a second. But Wilcock um, makes a, a comparison of like um, basically like how Tibetan monks, um, they have those kind of, they look like bells, but they're actually prayer wheels where they spin these like kind of brass or gold bells mm-hmm. that have these carved inscriptions on them or cast or whatever. Um, and that they believe that spinning the bells as they walk by actually activates the words like creates a force out of the words, meaning right. there's magic. There's some sort of spiritual magical element associated with the words on the object and then manipulating it some way or saying something activates the force that the words describe. Um, and so they're basically talking about how aliens can control what we thought of as magic. Right. So yeah. what's interesting is just today, as I was cooking dinner for my lovely wife and I, um, 
I was listening to the latest Somewhere in the Skies podcast uh, with Ryan Sprague and the bald Brett himself, Nick oh, Redfern. Yeah. I was listening um, to that a little bit. And there, the whole episode is about Nick Redfern's new book about kind of breaking down and breaking apart the Rendlesham Forest incident. People aren't going to um, like what I have to say. Right. They're just going to come out and try and try. <laughs> oh, they're out. saying it's fucking holograms. I say no. Yeah. Why not hammograms or <laughs> jamograms? <laughs> Um, no, it's but it's hexagrams, not telegrams. <laughs> Come on, language. <laughs> um, but uh, um, he 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 mentions talking to some quantum physicist expert or whatever, and uh, uh, and uh, taking into account the story described by all the military people at Rendlesham, and this expert um, says that um, she thinks that this is that basically what was described is holographic imagery that can be pulled from someone's mind or created from someone's mind or whatever that was that can also affect the physical world so it's this holographic image that somehow has a higher dimensional force over time and space so that it can actually seem like it's affecting physical things right it can actually interact with the quantum level which ultimately when you get small enough that's all we are right so mm-hmm. it was really interesting like synchronicity that i was listening to that where i'm like oh that's basically what you could call magic from a technological level too. It's right. like, let's create this illusion that technically isn't real, but it's real enough because it is affecting the physical world, right? Yeah. So it's not a thing or a being or an object or a force that evolved naturally, you know, out of the, nor- the, the normal um, um, mix of physics and chemistry and things like that. But it's ultimately kind of skipping to the end and like, Oh, here's this physical thing that can affect something. Mm -hmm. And that really is all magic is to us. Right. And so um, anyway, just an interesting kind of duality there where I was like, Oh, uh, this could explain exactly what they're talking about in this episode. Right. So, um, and if you, you, if you think about it, if aliens that have interstellar technology could kind of skip over time and space, it's not that far of a leap to think they could have technology like that. So mm-hmm. um, the next segment is what makes King Tut's tomb different. And that would be a fifth magic brick as opposed to the usual four. So in 1926, uh, Howard Carter has been expe- excavating Tut's tomb for uh, almost five years now. He's on his fifth excavation season and he finds the next magic brick with this, a pretty cool inscription that medallion man reads. And it's like, I am, I am the fire that tricked the way for people in the desert and like all this weird stuff. Um, and he's sitting there and he's like, why was this brick contained in the tomb of the Tutankhamun's? So, um, because this is where they're like, Hey, most of these other tombs have four of these bricks. So why was Tut's tomb so special to have a fifth? And Wilcock, uh, David Wilcock, five heads at Freddy's drips about this. And he says that fifth brick may be a clue, a sort of X marks the spot treasure map. It shows us that something very significant was hidden in that tomb. They take quite a while to explain what that is, but um, they sadly go through this um, cool theory that uh, in 2015, this this Egyptologist, British Egyptologist, was um, scanning um, the uh, doing high risk scans of the walls of King Tut's tomb and thought that he had found what looked like the shape of a door slash like a hidden passageway behind one of the walls and Rami is explaining on location. He's like literally at the wall where this has been um, theorized. And, uh, but in 2018 that was debunked. So a Japanese um, archeologist came in with really advanced radar technology 
and found that there actually wasn't any depth to that. So mm-hmm. maybe there was like another piece of art there before or something, but it's not an actual passageway to anything. So um, that was debunked. There's a lot of hole in walls talk by Rami for a few minutes here. It's mm-hmm. all moot. Um, it's <laughs> totally know, moot points. Old holes of glory. <laughs> and inside, there are wondrous things inside. <laughs> Teeth and lips and saliva um but uh <laughs> but anyway breath. infinite bellies for load yes um calloused hand and maybe interworkings of ass meat if you're lucky <laughs> uh calloused <laughs> yeah real workman's hand you know um but uh but anyway um uh, they go on for a while about this, and the the theory that again all of this has been debunked since then, just by slightly better technology. Uh, the theory was that this was Akhenaten's tomb um, that was covered up hastily um, to bury King Tut in. So uh, remember, King Tut is Akhenaten's sonny. Akhenaten was his daddy. So um, Jonathan Young explains who Akhenaten is for like, not that Jonathan Young's doing it for the thousandth time, but the show is explaining who Akhenaten is for the thousandth time. Um, If you don't know, Akhenaten was an extremely unique pharaoh in the dynasty of, or sorry, in the lineage of Egyptian pharaohs because he brought a monotheistic religion. He displayed um, himself what I, what was called what he was calling realistically right like he wanted to be displayed as he actually looked not the kind of superhero fied art deco version that um, Egyptians tended to paint the king right and mm-hmm. God basically as so um, he's super unique and he he has a pot belly he has kind of an elongated skull um, his wife Nefertiti also had an elongated skull King Tut was their kid I think they had a daughter as well um, but the biggest thing with him was he. He started a religious revolution as a king where everyone worshipped the Aten disc, uh, this fly, this winged disc that he depicted, and all other uh, polytheistic worship was outlawed at his time. He was, after 17 years of ruling, overthrown, killed, and uh, King Tut, who promised his own son, who promised, who probably, you know, fucking planned his dad's murder or whatever, um, he promised to put uh, Egypt back to the classic polytheistic religion with Amun-Ra and Set and Anubis and, um, you know, uh, Yakov Shmirnov and all that yeah. stuff. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they go, they go into Akhenaten for quite a while, which again, he's a really cool character, but this is, this is literally without hyperbole, probably in the double digits of times they've explained who he is. So, right. um, we get our first Sukh alert here and he says, one has to wonder if he was, an extraterrestrial hybrid, and that's why he insisted on this monotheistic rule. Um, and so, and that's shit we've heard since season one. So um, Rami is back on location. He's talked about how uh, the ancient Egyptians back then completely, not completely, mostly physically destroyed Akhenaten's legacy and all the carvings and statues and artwork and everything to try to kind of erase him from memory. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the Egypt, the same Egyptology guy says though, that it couldn't have been him, uh, in this, uh, little, uh, tomb across from King Tut's in the Valley of the Kings. That couldn't have been him because the mummy in there was only 25. Akhenaten was confirmed to have died at like in his mid thirties or something when he was murdered. So, um, 
So he's not behind that wall, um, as we know, and he's not across the valley from King Tut's tomb. Um, and so Medallion Man, William Henry, he asks, was the curse of King Tut's tomb perhaps protecting an even darker secret? Um, so the theory here is that the curse is there to protect the world from finding out that Akhenaten was of alien origin. So um, it's a bit of a reach and they go back, they, they kind of double down hard at the end of the episode, but um, which, which definitely weakens it a bit. But um, mm-hmm. the next segment we go to the, sadly, the off forgotten Valley of the Queens. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, which is funny because, you only really hear about the Valley of the Kings. And so it almost sounds like something you and I would make up mm-hmm. say, Oh, what about the Valley of the Queens? Just going on yeah. the stupid opposite. But um, they go back to 1909, which is before Howard Carter even found King Tut's tomb and some dickhead. It's not important. He was, he was out there and he was obsessed with Akhenaten and he put on this play um, and he was in, it's showing like pictures of it. He was like in full Brown face and all this crazy stuff. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the plot of the play was that the priest of Amun, of Amun-Ra, um, in the story, killed Akhenaten and, and didn't give him a proper sarcophagus and a proper burial and all the rituals, and so that which forced him to be a ghost to forever walk um, the earth and never moved on to the afterlife. So, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but the cast, most of them got all fucked up in weird circumstances. There was one of the actresses was blinded by a storm, which I'm like, okay, I'm assuming she, there was a sandstorm, but they show a bunch yeah. of lightning. I'm like, did lightning strike her right eyes? Her yeah. <laughs> Explode them or something? Right in um, front, and she looked at it directly and blinded her or something, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I was, I was literally, it's funny, because this, this episode is a lot about the Ark of the Covenant, and I was picturing, like, the Raiders of the Lost Ark scene, where they're right. all getting fucking melted. But um, some other lady died. One of the guys got his fucking hotel burnt down or some shit like that. Um, so again, trying to show that, like, hey, when you fuck with um the representation of these um uh ancient kings slash alien slash whatever you're gonna and especially specifically Akhenaten you're gonna have these this curse applied yeah. to you right you're gonna have a bad Which is time like uh the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland where exactly yes exactly do not look into his eyes you will be cursed and then they he he says you looked in I never right. look right and then they go <laughs> yeah you've never seen that part of the ride huh? yeah, yeah. It's like fuck you! I didn't look at shit. There, because that ride at Disneyland and Disney World, you can take three plus three. Three. There's like nine paths you can take because there's three. There's two parts where there's three choices each or something like that. So, uh, and it's like do not look into the. And one of them is like you can have infinite wealth and you can have infinite beauty or you can have infinite uh, something else or something mm-hmm. or power. And I think literally for the first seven or eight times I went on that ride. So like a 10 year span, I only went into the wealth one. I only ever saw beautiful riches shall be in all this bullshit. And mm-hmm. I think I've never been into the power one. I've only think been into infinite youth and infinite wealth or something like that. So um, yeah, it's kind of bums me out because I know it's not that interesting <laughs> in there. You basically just get a different colored light shined on the walls yeah it's, think, it's, the there's three different part. ones it's like purple blue like yeah. yeah and it's it you know i i've not come out wealthier richer or younger yeah or sorry, it's a wealthier, bummer richer stupid right and wealthier, i've wanted younger. i've wanted to die so bad some of the times exactly. i've been when he says you're land and that fucking like, boulder yeah never fucking hits my car ever nope. and i once accidentally dunked my wiener in the fountain of youth in the puddle 
outside right. and they uh, took my pass for me and, and made me right. leave. And well, now you're stuck with a permanent smaller. baby dick, too. Exactly. So It was uh, shrunken balls and right. her most small. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we get a children's chime in here again, and he says, uh, uh, in ancient stories of curses, it's believed that reading a certain mantra or reading a certain script will suddenly activate the curse. So you have to wonder, is it possible that there's some kind of extraterrestrial device that's activated by sound? <laughs> Just in the way we talk to Siri or Alexa from Amazon. <laughs> I love that he didn't explain Siri, but he explained Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and activate it with our voices and give it commands, and then it's going to do something for us. And I'm like... Thanks for explaining voice activation technology to us, David. Okay. <laughs> you say something, do it, and then it finds it out for you. It's pretty amazing. Um, I mean, who would have needed Richard Gere uh, back when he was using our store exclusively to basically write the Mothman prophecies? Uh, something that he told, literally told us in person mm-hmm. at Contact in the Desert. Yeah. Um, inside trading right there uh, as if we've not said that story <laughs> 17 times uh, they're wondering if there's clues in King Tut's sarcophagus uh, to what that curse might be so uh, Rami rams it in here again and he says every sarcophagus was carved to resemble the king inside of it and there's a lot of debate about Tut's middle coffin and it almost appears as if the original name carved into the coffin was replaced with King Tut's name instead. And under further analysis, they were able to read the name carved under Tut's name. And that read, Ankh Kepherur. And that's how he, he's he's Egyptian, so he's pronouncing, I'm trying to imitate him. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was not King Tut. So they ask, but why? Like, why was this other person, uh, Ankh Kepherur, carved underneath what eventually became this crest in the middle of King Tut's chest. Um, hold on, my fucking Google Drive is signing it. Oh, come on, man. Give me one second. Let me go again. Find my fucking place again. The price of progress, you know? Uh, hold on, I'm back in. Let me get to where I was. Oh, no, we're not that far ahead, baby. Um, so, um, and he rams it in again, Rami. He says, now, his death at 19 was tough for the tomb makers. They had to find the smallest tomb in the valley, which was an interesting little factoid, too. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, it still doesn't explain why. Like, they, they use Rami's quote there and doesn't actually really contribute at all to why they would have changed the name. It's just a, kind of a fun fact. But um, they're asking who was this Anka, Anka Kapura Perura guy. Um, and Rami's like, oh, it could have been the royal name of... Akhenaten's brother, uh, Tutmosa. And so this is kind of the interesting part of this episode where I was like, oh, I don't really think I've heard this theory before. Um, so Sigmund Freud um, theorized, the famous psychoanalyst, psychoanalyst. Um, he was the guy that first theorized uh, that his brother, Tutmosis, could be the actual historical biblical Moses. So um, that's pretty interesting. They go pretty deep into it here. Um, it, it makes a pretty good case. I would, I would have liked, I guess, to hear more theologians on to talk. They have a couple, they have like Rabbi Zadok and they have, um, I'll get to him in a bit, but he, this guy, it's the guy that's like, looks like a fucking 
Iowa football player that's a theologian, but he was on a lot the first three or four seasons. Um, they kind of have him back here, and it's also crazy because he's like gray haired and way older. But um, anyway, they're talking about the name Tutmosa, and they're saying that the term Moza in Egyptian just meant son of. Um, and then uh, because I guess Tut was part of the Akhenaten family line or whatever, like son of Tut, even though he was King Tut's uncle. Um, and Moses' story in the Bible is at the exact same time that Tutmosis disappears from history at the end of Akhenaten's reign. Mm-hmm. And so the theory basically is that um, uh, Tutmosa, who changed his identity, he got the hell out of Dodge because mm-hmm. shit was going down with his family. His brother was getting fucking probably lynched and fucking murdered. Right. Um, and, you know, having this kind of, and his, you know, his own nephew betrays him, whatever, and wants to be the king. And uh, so he gets the hell out of Dodge. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not that crazy to think he like changes his appearance, <laughs> but also that he, it also wouldn't be crazy to think that he was also a part being the same generation as his brother Akhenaten that he also, wherever they came from, would also believe in this monotheistic religion, right? So um, they're saying that basically he got the hell out of Dodge, changed his identity, and became the Moses to spread a monotheistic religion throughout the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, to be fair to history, this does conflict because because they're they're arguing the point that this was the first monotheistic religion right right at least in you know judeo-christian whatever yeah but on the same show they also talk about how like oh like the the zoroastrian religion was actually the the template for the you know single good being and single bad being in conflict with each other and humans are caught up in the middle whatever um but you could also counter argument that that well no this is the this is the original monothe this is the the base of judeo-christianity basically which is both of those are huge um concepts if true so um the next segment they go back to the uh they go back to cairo to the egyptian museum um and they they're talking about the anubis shrine that was guarding the entrance to king tut's tomb uh it was at the entrance to the treasure room specifically and their argument is that the the box that the anubis statue is sitting on um looks like the ark of the covenant so now we really get into the ark of the covenant here so um, oh yeah, here's his name is Robert Cargill, who's the the theologian guy, and um, he he never really went down the ancient astronaut theory route. Um, he just kind of kind of like like uh, Michael Denon, the UCI physics professor. He pretty much just keeps to his areas of expertise, which is nice. But mm-hmm. um, but anyway, um, but they, he, he's talking about how um, the arc disappeared, and that that so he's not saying this. He talks about how the arc the ark disappeared and then ancient aliens is saying um that uh moses could have also fleed tutmosa could have fleed with the ark with with this actual box or whatever but then i'm like well then how is the box still there like they're saying he fleed with it um so maybe there was multiple arcs that held technology or something i don't know they don't really talk about that but um but anyway uh the ark um was was taken in some way, right, by Tutmosa or Moses. So Medallion Man William Henry comes on. And he talks about how the Osiris device is similar to the Ark. So we've talked about the Osiris device. It was it was a depiction on a wall found in Osiris's tomb, uh, which is a cool enough find in and of itself. But the Osiris device is this big kind of blue, like almost it looks like it has scales or feathers on it, like cylinder 
that spins or something. But at the very bottom of it, there is a golden box with two winged things. It doesn't look like the Ark, but they're kind of saying, hey, this is the Ark, right? So, mm-hmm. but then why have why have this huge thing growing or coming out of it? I don't know. But um, it, this, is, this is where it's a bit of a reach. But uh, Rabbi Zadok is on and he talks about how the the first two dudes that opened it these priests of this guy Aaron um they first opened were burned by two beams of light uh that entered their nose and burned them from within and Zadok is like this sounds very much like what today we would describe as electrocution so um it's interesting too because every other episode they mention the arc they talk about how it's radiation that comes out mm-hmm. not electrocution but um I digress, I guess. But uh, Coppin's wife is back a lot, but she doesn't sadly say anything interesting. She just repeats what either the person before said or what Clotworthy says. So, um, again, I've said it before, but I really do miss doing... I got to figure out a way to like work in the ghost of Coppin's or something like that. But right. um, I miss doing his his impressions. Rest in power, <laughs> Philip Coppin's. But yes, yes, um, yes. We, get a, we get a children's chime in here, and he says... Uh, was this God, meaning the God of the Ark of the Covenant, was this God some kind of extraterrestrial? And was this Ark some kind of object that allowed communication between Moses and Aaron and some extraterrestrial spaceship orbiting the Earth? And I was like, why would a glorified walkie-talkie then kill people? Like, why? why would this, if it was a communication device, why would it fucking melt people from the inside that seems kind of strange it seems like mm-hmm. like o- over like overly cautious security i guess i don't know um weird flex but okay um but uh we get a suk alert here and he says this is actually one of one of the one of the rare times in recent history that suks has said something interesting on this show he says what if these aliens didn't want people to know that they were involved in our development? If a new monotheistic religion were to arise, then people would start to relegate figures like Amun-Ra and all the rest, just like Gilligan's Islands, all the rest (laughs) to the realm of mythology. The extraterrestrials could hide our true history until a time when we were ready to have it revealed. So, it's interesting where it's like, because because Wilcock always talks about how he assumes or knows because of his insider, you know, information that the real extraterrestrials have a prime directive, just like Star Trek. Um, I guess how convenient that it's just like Star Trek, but basically that aliens, they're not supposed to be actively affecting our progress as a species. Um, there's a whole, you know, again, watch Star Trek for the fucking philosophy behind that but there's a lot of negativity that could happen if they if human beings or some species knew that these advanced aliens were actually pulling the strings and it wasn't them coming to their own conclusions about things so um but uh but Sooks is kind of mentioning that here and he's and it and it actually is an interesting point that it is again very convenient if they covered it up for these reasons but it is a good reason to cover it up if they're like ah these people are still a little primitive Maybe we want to move them to, again, the, the interesting part to me is why, why was it important for these aliens to move from polytheism to monotheism? You know what I mean? Like, I'm mm-hmm. curious as to like why, why they would spend so much stress and time doing that. But if that was the case, to me, I'm like, okay, that's pretty justifiable. They would want to like 
make hide that and like make it messy so you can't really find the source right but mm-hmm. um but uh but also <laughs> they kind of contradict themselves here because um they complained i think last episode of the episode before about how the government should stop worrying that human beings aren't ready to know that aliens exist and have been interacting with us for a long time but now they're basically saying that the aliens are those people who are limiting humanity from knowing that they exist right so it's kind of like well why not be pissed at the aliens too then you know Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they're galactic daddies so they can't um (laughs) for almost no reason at all they have this gross uh guy that looks like a white white walker from game of thrones <laughs> uh they show him in the in the kind of pre-episode stinger um and i'm like oh i wonder what that's gonna be but it's literally just a kind of darker gray dead mummy guy with frosty blue eyes then shoots this magical light to the camera <laughs> and leads us to commercial i guess it's supposed to represent the curse um but i'm also it's just it's very it's very game of thrones it's weird but yeah. Um, we cut to Jerusalem and uh, this is all about like the Knights Templar and shit like that. So uh, Jerusalem, 750 years after Akhenaten and Moses, um, Solomon's temple gets sacked, uh, teabagged <laughs> by the Babylonians in, it all over. <laughs> in 586 BC. Um, and they, the Babylonians talk about how like they stole every fucking treasure in that temple, but the Ark of the covenant is not mentioned uh, as something that they stole, even though it was apparently a very well-known fact that the Ark was in Solomon's temple. So um, uh, they wonder if, or they talk about uh, Solomon's illegitimate son, Melanick. Um, he was a bastard son by an affair that Solomon had with the queen of Sheba. And apparently he's the guy that stole the Ark and took it to Ethiopia, which is where even most mainstream theologians and archaeologists think that they're like well if the ark of the covenant is real and it was somewhere it's probably in that temple in ethiopia um and they've and graham hancock even believes that too um it's this weird little temple very small and there's always one guy that's chosen to guard the temple at any time and that guy is always like slowly suffering from radiation sickness Mm -hmm. and stuff so that is pretty weird but um but also at the same time many believe it was never actually uh taken from the temple and that it was smuggled out uh fucking apparently it was safe for another i don't know thousand years ish um from 586 bc because in the 12th century in the 1100s the knights templar fucking took it out of there so coppin's wife is on and she's she says that she explains to the knight templar the knights templar for those that don't know uh they were a mysterious order of warrior monks who were formed in the 12th century um king baldwin two of Jerusalem uh, gave them a wing of the temple. We now know as temple Mount, which was Solomon's temple, um, which then I'm like, what was this fucking Alec Baldwin or Stephen Baldwin? That's a weird name for uh, a, a middle Eastern King is Baldwin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like a very British name or something like that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I want you to take the, the West wing of this temple and <laughs> you guys can party and whatever is, long as you uh, don't vote Republican, that's all I care about. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, we get another Childish Chime in here. Um, and he says, uh, uh, historians have speculated that during excavations at Solomon's temple, they discovered a secret room that had 
holes in the wall with duct tape around them. No, a secret room that had the Ark of the Covenant in it. So in the late, um, and they got the hell out of there with it, in the late 1300s, the 23rd and final Grand Master of the Knights Templar uh, is executed by King Philip IV of France and Pope Clement V. Um, Childress chimes in again, and he says, uh, it is thought that uh, King Philip wanted to end the Knights Templar so he could take all their treasure and pay off his debts. So I guess he was deep in credit cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to wonder if maybe the king and the pope realized that the Knights Templar had the Ark of the Covenant, and that's what they really wanted, which I'm like, okay, that kind of m- makes sense, actually. But um, why? I mean, there have been other kings that have ended entire classes of people for other reasons but um without having it be some magical object they were getting but still a pretty good reason in uh christian history to um destroy a whole secret society that is holding something that you might want so especially if the pope is on your side and saying fuck these guys (laughs) um they should not have this thing Uh, oh thanks babe um but uh anyway the final grand master uh, of the Knights Templar, he curses the Pope and the King when he's being burned at this fucking stake. He also curses the entire line of uh, Philip's sons. So um, it is pretty crazy, though, because within now, again, to be fair, a lot of kids dying back then was not that mysterious. But um, pretty quickly after that, uh, the Pope died, uh, King Philip died. And then within the next 14 years, all of his three sons and grandson died too. So his entire genetic line was now dead. So, which is what the, the uh, grandmaster of the Knights Templar wanted. So mm-hmm. um, Childress wonders if the curse was the Ark protecting itself, which is, I'm like, okay, like if it's, if it's that advanced, I guess, yeah. I guess it could, but okay. also how could it be so self-aware to understand like the nuances of, human religion and political society and things like that too but uh sorry um oh yeah they have a as a as a sword guy um they have an actor who's playing a knight's templar running towards the screen the screen as into battle and he's drawing his sword in a really shitty way he's picking he's drawing the sword by the pommel (laughs) so when he brings it out of his sheath He's like just holding the end of the sword, which is really bad. So, uh, but that's just a side nerd note there. Um, apparently, the Knights Templar that survived, they all fled to Scotland and then pretty quickly to Nova Scotia in 1398 to Oak Island. Um, kind of interesting because they not not a lot of people talk about this uh, when also talking about how in 96 year or 94 years. Columbus apparently goes over to the New World, so mm-hmm. um, they kind of mention it on the show. They're like, and then the Knights Templar fled to the New World, and I'm like, I don't think it was called the New World yet, though. <laughs> like, unless <laughs> unless you're going to argue that the Saxon Vikings, who had already been there hundreds of years before, somehow spread that knowledge as they became Englishmen or something. I don't know, but um, there's a whole lot there they don't really unpack. Um, the Apparently, the native tribe in that area of Nova Nova Scotia made their flag, their tribal flag, a mirror image of the Knights Templar battle flag, which has like a moon and a star and checkers, you know, red and white checkers and whatever. And they basically made a mirror image. I'm like, if that's true, that's pretty weird. Um, But I also am like, well, how do you 
how do you know how do you know how a 700 year old native native north american tribe what their flag look like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i don't know i get i guess somebody maybe in that tribe that still exists says oh yeah it's been like that for 700 years but i don't really know how you fact check that but um still this was pretty interesting where um well it's it was interesting for a second uh childress has a weird chime in here and he says within the greater nova scotia area there are many signs that the knights templar were there and then he mentions almost no nova scotia things he goes uh, in newport rhode island uh, there's a tower where uh, that they think that the Knights Templar built. And then there's images of knights with swords and helmets that are carved into rocks in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. And they show the picture, but I'm like, all you said was carved into rocks. Is there a cave somewhere? Is there a megalithic structure somewhere? Or did a bunch of kids for a fucking field trip carve knights into pet rocks in the 60s? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and on Oak Island itself is a giant cross made out of six huge boulders. And the central boulder looks like a human head, and it has a sword carved into the side. Um, so now we're getting back to the the beginning here. It's all about Oak Island again. Um, so basically, this whole temp this whole this whole episode about the Pharaoh's curse is really about the Ark of the Covenant being smuggled to America in the late 14th century by the Knights Templar because uh, Moses was actually the brother of Akhenaten who fled his own country and changed his identity to spread monotheism without getting murdered by the Egyptians that uh, supported his nephew's ascension to the throne. Um, And so that Ark then became a Jewish relic, which then became a Christian relic, which then made it to Oak Island somehow in 1398. So, uh, kind of a long road. Again, it's an interesting story if it were true. It also changes a lot of what we learn as kids in history and things like that, um, which I'm all for. If that's if that's the fucking truth, then that's fucking great. But yeah. um, I don't really know how uh, we actually prove all of this, especially with what happens in this next this last segment, which is frustrating. So they go back to Oak Island. They talk about how they've dug, you know, back in the 1800s, they dug... 90 feet down into this well. And they find a stone slab with weird hieroglyphs on it. And they talk about this stone slab like seven more times in the last five minutes of the show. And not a single fucking time do we see a picture of it. We see a CG rendering of it. We see a Photoshopped picture of it, like a still photo of it. I don't understand. If this thing is such a fucking landmark, why don't why didn't anyone photograph it? Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, because, I mean, have they, if you watch that, I know you marathon that show, but have they shown that 90-foot stone on the Oak, the Mystery of Oak Island? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I know they've shown a lot of stuff, but, yeah, I don't know if that stone. I mean, if, yeah, I don't know. Because I looked it up on the internet and nothing. Yeah, then <laughs> so. probably not. I was going to say, if it's something that's lost or buried or thought to be ex- in existence, probably right. not. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> like, it, was, maybe it was just a password to... Yeah, maybe it was just a password to the hottest thought on OnlyFans. Exactly. And they knew it was going to be valuable in the 21st century. But um, they then go into, like, all the deaths that those, again, those six out of the seven deaths that it supposedly takes to 
uh, open the treasure up or whatever on the seventh death. Um, again, they don't tell you where this curse came from uh, on this episode. I'm sure there's a fucking source. I would assume that it's Native American because they've been living on this land for 700 years, but if not more, but uh, they don't explain it in this episode. So, um, but all of the deaths that they show from the 1890s to the 1960s seem completely they seem like completely reasonable deaths for uh, a fairly low-tech excavation archaeology project it's like oh this fucking engine blew up on an excavation machine and killed a guy or these two people their ropes broke and they fell i'm like okay none of these seem that fucking magical or you know crazy or curse like Mm -hmm. but uh whatever but um they all died also like many years apart (laughs) so it's not like there's a string of fucking deaths but um but wilcock asks here if the 90 foot stone is a curse brick like that fifth brick in king tut's tomb and uh sooks is like you know if it's not the whole arc of the covenant down there it's at least parts of it and i'm like okay well then where's your where's your evidence that it was taken apart and parts of it were hidden here and parts. It's like, that's fucking stupid. I don't know. Um, and we get our last little insert here from Wilcock. And he says, uh, this suggests that there is one unified group that is protecting the Ark of the Covenant, that is protecting the Egyptian heritage of Moses, and in fact, may be concealing the truth of humanity's extraterrestrial origins. So it's, I mean, it makes sense in terms of who Wilcock is and Sukalos is, is that uh, this one unified group has a way that they want humanity to go. Um, to be fair to him, he doesn't make that group positive or negative because, because Wilcock is very much about how there's bad aliens and good aliens and all that stuff. But, um, but also it's like, I don't know. There's, there's uh, Wilcock seems like they filmed him when he was very tired or mm-hmm. depressed on this episode. It's like kind of a, uh, it's not the same new talking head footage that we see in the first four episodes before this. Um, he seems, again, he just seems kind of bummed out. I don't know, but um, I don't know. I wish, I wish that they would just go a little deeper on these things, but that's my complaint for everything on this show. So um, like, is, is it, do you think it's the good aliens that are going to monotheism, which would also then imply that the, the bad aliens are the polytheistic ones, or is that a flip, right? Is it, you flip the slap and are the bad aliens, the monotheists and the good aliens are the polytheists and we're in the bad timeline or I don't know. Right. So, um, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, again, I appreciate this episode for sticking to its theme in general. Everything did loop back to a curse of the Pharaohs kind of, um, and I really did appreciate the interesting theory that uh, the Ju- the Jewish Moses is the Egyptian Tut Moses, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty interesting. But uh, um, those are, those are the kind of things where I'm like, hey, that that actually seems like something to prove and like go in on because that would actually change everyone's perception of how uh, these historical religions that are still affecting the world today started. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Um, and a definite line from it. It might even it might even quell things like some racism or thing where it's like you know what I mean. It's like if some if a Christian if some born again Christian now knew that their lineage was from a middle a Middle Eastern um, the kind of the most Middle Eastern religion right of, of ancient the most popular one anyway 
maybe they would be like, oh, well, maybe we're connected and maybe we're not so different and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. Um, I say that as I'm hearing uh, sirens outside. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been. I mean, I looked at Zencaster. Oh, it's 146.50 here. Um, but yeah, th- uh, let us know if... Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say, let us know if this episode was okay. Please tell us if it's okay. Uh, no, let us know about the sound quality of this episode, because we might have to do this again. Hopefully not, but we might have to. Yeah. Um, and um, and then other than that, uh, follow us on social media at... Uh, on Twitter at Probing Aliens, on Facebook and Instagram at Probing Ancient Aliens. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash probing ancient aliens for five bucks a month or more there are over 40 pieces of content full podcast episodes um half of which are adventurous ghosts which is our ghost adventures podcast that's pretty much modeled after probing ancient aliens but for ghost adventures and the other episode is probing deeper where we probe into um all sorts of different facets in the ancient astronaut theorist world in the ufology world uh popular tv shows in the world of aliens and conspiracies and whatever to see if they're worth your time we got live commentary episodes on events that we go to that you couldn't be at um so yeah uh su- support us on there and then subscribe to our podcast give us five star ratings on apple Podcasts, and listen to our other podcast beer they're drunk that uh on the same podcast services that you get probing ancient aliens on other than that we'll, we'll see you next time smelly butts bye, bye. bye.